0: Welcome in ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast. I'm Billy Emboddy coming at you on this Wednesday morning if you're listening to this at the moment it got published. It's been a heck of a week for LSU. It's been a heck of a week for the Bengal Tiger. Appreciate all you guys who have subscribed uh, to the site over the past uh, week or so as we've gotten off the ground now and running more like sprinting with all of the LSU news that's been happening. Uh, we're pushing a 1,000 subscribers on the site. So seriously, thank you guys so much for all the support. But let's not talk any more about how great of a week it's been for the Bengal Tiger. Let's talk about how great of a week it's been for LSU, especially in the transfer portal. LSU has raked in now 11 transfers to add to its 2022 roster. Obviously, they picked up the two and Miles Frazier, the Florida International offensive lineman, and East Carolina long snapper Slade Roy during the early signing period. But now, ever since we talked to you guys last week with Joe Fouché and Makai Garner jumping on board the two defensive backs, LSU has gone crazy in the transfer portal. And so let's jump right in to that discussion. And I'm actually going to try my best to work the newest to the oldest transfer commitment. So... Stick with me here. It's going to be a little busy, but let's jump right in here. LSU on Tuesday picked up a transfer commitment from Makai Wingo, the Missouri defensive lineman who really, uh, I've had my pick in for LSU to land him for a while now, and he finally jumps on board. After taking official visits to Oklahoma and USC, he was an All-SEC freshman and played for LSU cornerbacks coach Robert Steeples in St. Louis at the Smith High School, and now is going to be playing out the rest of his career, uh, one would hope at least, at LSU, where he's going to shore up a defensive line that has Mason Smith, who was just fr- named a freshman All-American, you've got B.J. Ojalary returning off the edge. Ali, Gay, as of right now, as we're talking to you guys, he never made an announcement, but it, he is expected to return at this point. And you have other guys uh, with depth like uh, Jacqueline Roy, Jacoby and Guillory, some of those other dudes uh, in the trenches returning. This is a, a massive piece for the Tigers to get on board in Makai Wingo because uh, he's kind of something that LSU doesn't necessarily have. He's about six foot, six one. And now comes in after being an All-SEC freshman and going to be able to play right away. 27 tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack and an interception return for, for a touchdown in his 2021 season. He really is somebody that probably got overlooked a little bit by recruiting rankings in a way just because he had, an, he had uh, that COVID-shortened 2020 senior year. And that was coming off of a 2019 season as a junior that he had 97 tackles, 29 of which went for loss and 15 sacks. Uh, So Makai Wingo, a huge addition for uh, Jamar Cain to work with on that defensive line. If we have some time, we'll touch on uh, the work Jamar Cain and some of these other staffers have done and touch on some of the key offers on the recruiting side of things later on in the podcast. But up next was East Tennessee State offensive lineman Traymond Shorts, another one that we had our picks in for going into the weekend, and also kind of took a minute there to uh, announce his decision. He ended up not even visiting anywhere else over the weekend, from what I was told, and arrived on campus on Tuesday to move in. Both he and Makai Wingo are now in Baton Rouge, so you can rest easy there. They are enrolling and going to get to work right away. Traymond Shorts has started a ton of games for the Bucks over the past few years. He was named an FCS All-American. Uh, he's played left tackle. I think he's got that versatility at 6'5", 335, that he's probably going to slide inside for LSU. And the interesting thing is, is with Miles Frazier probably out on the edge, you add Traymond Shorts in to the interior, and I could see him maybe being the pick at center, I think what Brad Davis is going to end up doing with these guys is just throwing them all in the mix at center, see who can snap, see who handles it the best, and trying to solidify that spot during spring ball. And I think Tremon Shorts uh, is going to be in that running. I could see Garrett Dellinger being in that running, Marlon Martinez being in that running. They signed Fitzgerald West as a center. He's going to take a ton of time to develop, though. I think those guys right now are the ones that I would circle Um, And who knows, in an effort to maybe get Will Campbell on the field sooner, maybe he's an option at center. We've seen some of these guys that have been uh, highly touted tackle commits uh, end up playing center. Ethan Posick uh, comes to mind. So they have some options at center. They don't really have anyone that has experience there. I think Trayvon Shorts could be in that running there uh, at center. That's going to be one of the most important positions and one of the most intriguing positions in spring ball that I'm watching. Now, LSU also ended up landing another specialist, Jay Bramblett, uh, Notre Dame's punter uh, last year and in the last couple years, who's been one of the better ones in the country. And He's coming off a, a terrific final game for Notre Dame, uh, in which he punted against Oklahoma State seven times, forty one point six average in the Fiesta Bowl, and the Pokes didn't return any of them. He was thirty first nationally in punting average. So after you lose Avery Atkins. They bring in Jay Bramblett, uh, who's got two years of eligibility remaining, uh, if I'm uh, correct on my math on that front. He'll arrive in the summer, though, after he graduates from Notre Dame and join the punting competition with Peyton Todd. I was told that LSU just wanted another punter into the mix, someone with experience. Peyton Todd, they haven't even seen punt yet. They had the spot. They went ahead and got it. You can debate all day long about whether it's best to just go ahead and turn it over to Peyton Todd or not. I think that's a worthwhile discussion. But they're familiar with Jay Bramblett, the Tuscaloosa native, comes over to LSU uh, to kick. Uh, if he is, you know, if he, if all goes correctly for him, he'll kick against his uh, hometown Crimson Tide this upcoming season. So an interesting storyline to monitor there. LSU also landed Virginia uh, transfer linebacker West Weeks. Uh, who went on an official visit to South Carolina right after uh, the Tigers hosted him uh, for an official visit. He ended up just putting out a thankful, let's work, go Tigers tweet. He played in 11 games as a true freshman in 2021 for the Wahoos, notched 31 total tackles, a tackle for loss, a sack, and five pass breakups. I talked with him and we'll have the full story on on uh, the Bengal Tiger later this week, but he just said he's he watched how the players really interacted and worked, and, I, and he just wanted to jump on board with that. I mean, that was the thing that really stood out to him was that work ethic uh, and just overall uh, what that defense likes to do, which is fly around and make plays. So LSU adds West Weeks into the fold, and quickly, really after uh, the, the run of Joe Fouché and Makai Garner, uh, LSU got three more uh, transfer commits, uh, and those were Kyron Lacy, the Louisiana wide receiver, uh, who really, right from the start, we'd circled at least um, as somebody who we figured would come to LSU. And after a big push from Auburn, a, a push from Alabama to take a visit, a push from Oklahoma, LSU ends up getting him without much uh, drama. And this is a big, big addition getting a big-bodied receiver like Kyron Lacey into the fold now. Caught 22 passes for 304 yards and six touchdowns over 12 games in 2021, Uh, and that's coming off a a 28-pass, 364-yard, and four-touchdown performance as a true freshman. This is is somebody that I think is going to benefit from a scheme change, and LSU is going to be able to put him in a better spot to be successful. We'll see what happens with Deion Smith. He remains in the transfer portal. He has some great issues that we've reported on on the Bengal Tiger. If you didn't hear about that, we told our subscribers last week. So definitely uh, subscribe to be in the mix on things like that. And um, LSU did lose Devonta Lee to the transfer portal um, as well, so they needed to shore up the receiver room. They could end up uh, hosting. Uh, I think maybe you know going after another receiver, whether it be from the high school ranks and somebody like Highland Parks, John Rutledge, who they offered and they visited. This week, uh, one of the fastest guys in the country, or they could look into the transfer portal for another receiver as well. uh, See what comes up over the course of the spring as more guys enter the portal. But they get Kyron Lacey. He's a big body. He's somebody that I think can really help this receiver room, and he has multiple years left of eligibility remaining. Penn State transfer running back Noah Cain kind of shocked everyone. Entered the portal quickly, made his decision to come on down to Baton Rouge. I think the opportunity presented itself with Ty, Ty Davis-Price departing for the NFL. Who knows what the future for Trey Bradford holds and John Emery, uh, both of whom didn't really do much uh, at all. Uh, obviously, John Emery was ineligible all year. Uh, Trey Bradford didn't do anything. Corey Kiner still in the mix. Armani Goodwin still in the mix. Um, and, and this is now a, a room that you've got to, you know, I think address the depth. And that was what Noah Kane brings to the table. A guy with a couple years of eligibility re- remaining, he's going to arrive at the, in the summer as well and uh, get a chance to come in, learn the offense, uh, and provide a veteran, you know, running back uh, to the room. And I think that's important because, you know, that's what this group probably needs a little bit of is a really mature kid to come in and kind of set the, set the tone, you know, somebody that uh, will buy into what Frank Wilson and Mike Denbrock and Brian Kelly are trying to do. And that's Noah Kane. I mean, he's always been one of the more mature kids I've been around just as a recruit. And so they get Noah Kane on board uh, and he's kind of battled a little bit of the injury bug the last couple of years, uh, but he did rush uh, for 350 yards and four scores on 106 carries in 12 games this year. And he had a Solid uh final game for Penn State in the Outback Bowl, I thought at least uh, from his limited opportunities So welcome back to Baton Rouge, Noah Kane. Welcome back to Louisiana, Arkansas transfer defensive back, Greg Brooks. I think when you look at what Greg Brooks brings to the table, he brings versatility. Uh, he could play nickel. He could play corner. Probably could play safety in a pinch as well. And he re- reunites with Joe Fouché uh, at LSU now in 2021. uh. Brooks had thir- uh, played in all 13 games, 48 tackles, 23 solo stops, two and a half tackles for loss, a pick, and four pass breakups, along with two quarterback hurries and a pair of fumbled fumble recoveries. So that is the rundown on the transfer additions. LSU has 11 of them on board to go with the 13 players that they signed uh, in this 2022 class so far. That puts them at 24. That means they have eight total spots remaining. And if you look at the recruiting base now, LSU can go hard after five-star, uh, five-star safety Jacoby Matthews, four-star running back Travante Citizen, wide receiver John Rutledge, uh, who we noted he has the number one 200-meter track time for indoor track this year. Think about that, 21.47 in the 200. That is just absolutely blazing. And he had a solid year for Highland Park, LSU is actually his only football offer. He's considering the rest are his track offers, which includes Texas, which is his dream school. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with John Rutledge on the recruiting front. And then uh, Danny Lewis, the Westgate tight end, who is the state champion uh, and MVP of that game. Uh, he's set to take a visit here pretty soon. And LSU is burning up the recruiting trail, uh, looking for some of these guys uh, to, to fill out this class You know, they visited a couple of 2022 players. Be sure to subscribe to the Bengal Tiger for just $10. You get the entire year of coverage. So you get right now the race to National Sign Day. You get Brian Kelly's first spring ball, the first spring of official visits and visitors, uh, where they're going in spring recruiting, uh, the camps, camp intel and official visit intel in June, uh, team workout intel leading up to fall camp. Then you're into fall camp. You get all of that. And then we'll be covering recruiting and the first season of the Brian Kelly era. And then we'll be right back here before you know it. And your first year will be up and you'll be like, hell yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to renew and stay on the Bengal Tiger. And if you do get, jump on that annual deal, you get a free Founders Club hat, something that will never be produced again. So thank you to everybody who's jumped on board. Keep jumping on board for all the latest on the Tigers on that front. So those are a few of the top targets that they still have on the board. Uh, One of our questions comes from Matthew Starkey on Twitter. He asks, how many spots do you think will be set aside for any players who may decide to transfer after spring practice? And this is a great question, and it's something that colleges are having to really work with here as they uh, begin to understand how to use the transfer portal more and more. And I think, all right, so if LSU, if everything goes as planned and LSU picks up Jacoby Matthews, Trevante Citizen, Danny Lewis, and John Rutledge. That's four right there. That puts you with four remaining spots. And I think that's a perfect number. You know, I think you could play around and and if you've if you found somebody you really like, you could get another one uh in the twenty twenty two class and you can you can sit with three and still feel pretty good. But I think four is the perfect amount for LSU to, to go into the spring with as far as after National Signing Day and, and I think that's because one I, you're going to see some players transfer after they get to work out in the spring with these new coaches that they have, you know, a lot of players nationally just like at LSU um do have new coaches. And so I think that's something to really watch and pay attention to is is you know who who transfers on that front and and wants a new new uh Scenery, and so I think they could really address all sorts, all sorts of of uh, needs. I mean, really, I, it, I've been asked this question on our board a couple times, and I don't even know where to go because you look at the offensive line, you say, well, they're still going to try to figure out center, so somewhere you want to address the interior of the offensive line. in My opinion, still, if you can, somebody with multiple. Um, uh, multiple years of eligibility. And then defensive line, you always need defensive linemen in the SEC. Corner, that's probably my number one. Uh, they need another corner. They've got two in Makai Garner and Greg Brooks, but the depth there is still a concern for me. And safety too. Um, you can address the safety position depending on how you feel about that going forward. So a lot of different ways and avenues they can go. I still think they want to sign another running back, they want to sign another wide receiver somehow. So all these things are in play, but I think four is a great number to be uh, going into uh, the spring and into the summer with uh, on the transfer front. And now, uh, lastly, really want to kind of touch on a couple things. Uh, LSU did get good news. Uh, Jay Ward is returning. And what I was asked on Twitter uh, about if Jay Ward would move back to a corner. That comes from Jacob Jacob Hibbard, uh, sorry if I if it, if Hibbard is said a little bit differently, but uh, chances Jay Ward move back moves back to corner. I think I think with this new staff, it could be an opportunity for them to toy around in spring ball uh, and really just kind of you know, try a bunch of different things. You've got two position coaches that are new in Robert Steebles and Kerry Cooks. I will say Jay Ward had a solid first year at safety for LSU and, and was put in some tough spots. You know, just with the corner situation and the other safety play and, and some of those other things as they got him worked out. Um, but I think he could move back to corner. I think he could very well end up staying at safety. And I think he'd have a good chance at starting it either. So um, I think that's something that we're going to see played out during spring ball. And and we'll go from there. Now, putting a bow on some of the other guys that have announced they're returning. Micah, Bask- Micah Baskerville announced he's returning for the 2022 season. Wants to graduate, which would be awesome for Micah. I know he's battled some great issues at times here at LSU, but he really wants to graduate and quote help put LSU back at the top. And so that was big news for that for that linebacker room. Dre Jenkins is returning to LSU. We posted on on Dre earlier in the day on on Monday and and said, look, this was headed towards the NFL, but things have certainly turned back the other way for LSU to bring back this veteran receiver. And that's, that's exactly what's happening here with Dre Jenkins coming back to the Tigers. And then uh, we are expecting Ali Gay to return. We'll keep an eye on him and what's next uh, for him on that front. But uh, as of now, we're expecting Ali Gay to return to the Tigers, which will be uh, a big, big piece for LSU uh, as far as uh, its defensive line and what they're going to get. Um, so all of that is kind of the latest on the football team. And then uh, on the basketball side of things, LSU, if you're listening to this, is battling Alabama Wednesday night in Tuscaloosa for a key game. Probably going to be without his Xavier Pinson, but on the recruiting trail, Will Wade has stayed hot, landing five-star point guard Marvell Allen. This is a huge piece to the puzzle. I think he's going to reclassify to the 2022 class and get on campus in the fall. Think about this. If Eric Gaines is back, Adam Miller's back, Justice Williams, Brandon Murray. I mean that that back court is just going to be filthy uh, with Marvell Allen in the fold, and uh, you know LSU gets somebody that I think uh, really brings uh, you know a, a, a scoring mentality, which Will Wade loves, but he's also really wanting to get into more of a of a uh, facilitator role. And, and, and get his teammates involved. And he's got some size at 6'4". So, you know, he plays on one of the best teams in the country at Calvary Christian. Uh, he's a tremendous young man. Uh, he's the number one player in the state of Florida. LSU picks up an absolute stud in the five-star point guard. Uh, the number 18 overall prospect in the 2023 class, according to the On 3 consensus. LSU beat out Alabama, Georgia, Kansas, Maryland, Memphis, and Ohio State for him. What a massive addition. Quick plug, if you're not on the Bengal Tiger, check out our VIP article on how the Tigers are going to finish out in the recruiting class after Marvell Allen's commitment. Now, kind of to put a bow on this thing with a little recruiting talk for you guys, LSU is uh, continuing to dish out plenty of offers on the recruiting trail to the 2023 class. Uh, What I want to highlight is really um, you look at the five star quarterback Nico, I am LSU enters the mix Tuesday night just before we started recording this and Joe Sloan and and his offer goes out to Nico, who uh, is is a no, is the number 12 overall prospect in the class according to the on three consensus. He is um, really as talented as it gets. I mean, I think you look at uh, what LSU wants to do with this, quarterback class in 2023. They need to land an elite prospect. Brian Kelly's done a good job of doing that throughout his career at Notre Dame. And so they went ahead and offered the California quarterback. He's 6'6", 200 pounds. Uh, He's really intrigued by the SEC. He's been to Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, Tennessee, other SEC environments this fall. He's the number three quarterback in the country behind Arch Manning and Malachi Nelson. And the thing that really strikes me about Nico Ayamaliva is is that, I mean, his entire family is is, is our athletes. Um, they're, they're beach volleyball players, they're uh, water polo, they're um, really just talented, talented people overall. And so LSU recognizes athleticism and enters the mix. So we'll see what the Tigers can do uh, on Nico Oliva one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, certainly would be a massive, massive pickup for the Tigers uh, going into um, – going into uh you know the the 2023 class getting somebody like that on board would just help in a, in a huge way um, then LSU also entered the mix for Charles uh Jagusa uh, and I might be butchering that a little bit but the number two offensive tackle in the country overall on on three picked up an offer from the Tigers from coach Brad Davis uh, he is uh, one of the best prospects in the country, He's 6'5", 280. Notre Dame was really recruiting him hard when Brian Kelly was there, and they're going to continue to do that under Marcus Freeman. Uh, but the Tigers uh, now enter the mix uh, and trying to pull uh, this Illinois native out of uh, the the Midwest and get him down to Baton Rouge. So that's another big offer that went out. And then Christian Gray, here's a, here's a name to know. Out of DeSmit High, Robert Steeples' former school, LSU offers Christian Gray the four-star defensive back um, this was one that you know you got a peg right from the beginning that you knew was going to go out the number 181 overall prospect in the 2023 class the number 24 corner and number four prospect in Missouri LSU is going to be offer uh, going be battling the likes of Ohio State Notre Dame a huge uh, recruiting battle is about to take place for Christian Bre- uh, Christian Gray. Um, as Robert Stee- Steeples begins to really get rolling on the recruiting trail. Um, LSU continues to offer other guys out there, so so keep it locked on the Bengal Tiger for the latest on that. Um, we'll have plenty of recruiting notes on where the staff is, who they're seeing, and uh, who the top targets are as things unfold. So I do want to leave you with one thing. I promised you guys that uh, on the board that B.J. Ojolari was going to join us on the... Bengal Tiger Podcast, and that's exactly what we're going to do. So here's a couple minutes uh, with B.J. Ojolari, our exclusive conversation with him, and so we hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Just a couple minutes with with B.J. kind of where he's at right now as far as, uh, you know, getting uh, ready to go back to school and uh, his thoughts on the new uh, strength and conditioning coach uh, staff as well. So without further ado, here's our interview with B.J. Ojolari. Sorry for the um, phone audio uh, kind of being a little grainy here, but hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, let me know if you can't hear it the right way, but that'll do it for this edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast. Uh, we'll just finish with our conversation with B.J. Ojolari.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good one. Well, thanks so much for joining us, B.J., and I, I just wanted to start off by asking, you know, what, what's the transition been like so far? I know you guys wrapped up the Texas Bowl. Obviously, wasn't the results you guys wanted, but now you're getting ready for the Brian Kelly era. What have you been doing as of late, uh, since the season ended?
2: Um, uh, well, after the bowl game, I traveled
1: home.
2: Just been trying to spend as much time with my family as possible, uh, before
1: we have to return back to campus. LSU staff is, is pretty much complete now. Uh, what are your initial impressions of Brian Kelly? Let's start there. Um,
2: you know, uh, we, we talked a couple of times in, uh, in the meeting, as as he addressed the team, uh, we haven't really got you know a big feel for him yet, so uh, we're going to see how it goes during the spring.
1: Do you guys did just start a little bit with the new strength and conditioning coaches, right? Yes, sir. What was what was that process like? What were some of the biggest changes that they started to implement uh, with you guys in December?
2: Uh, you know, I believe the process we were we transitioning real smooth. You know, we just have to get uh you know, used to the used to the new staff, used to the uh the way they do things after doing certain things a certain way for so long. So uh you know it's an ongoing process. I I believe the team handles it well. Strength and condition staff, uh they do a lot of good things and um we're just gonna have to continue to progress.
1: Have you got a chance to talk with Jamar Payne yet? No, sir. Okay, gotcha. Do you have any initial impressions just from maybe what you've heard from people about them or anything like that?
2: Uh, to be honest, I haven't. I haven't really heard much about the new coaching staff. Really, um, uh, like I haven't really heard none, really uh, about the B coordinator or the beeline line coach. Really, I haven't really met them. So, yeah,
1: gotcha. Well, I would imagine uh, you guys get to meet, meet each other pretty soon here with classes starting back up again. Yes, sir. You know, going going into the spring, what are you kind of focused on uh improving on and and and, and you know working on uh, whether it be on the field in the weight room, uh, what's kind of your focus uh looking like this spring? Um
2: most definitely the weight room, uh speed of course, you know, um you know, just fine tuning some things that uh I, I can make uh make myself better, make the team better, make the defense better, you know, um, you know, of course. Uh, extending my leadership role, you know, farther than just the D line to maybe the whole defense,
1: uh, just establish myself as one of the leaders. You mentioned that leadership role. How, how big of a role did you have to step up in down the stretch of this season as, you know, you guys lost a lot to injuries? Obviously, some guys didn't play in the bowl. What did you do to kind of keep the guys as focused as they could be heading into that into that bowl game? You know, you got to keep a uh, positive mindset. Um, uh, you know, a lot of
2: younger guys are playing in the game. Uh, you know, just try to just feed off me, provide energy at practice, provide try to provide energy during the game, just keep the positive mindset going. Of course. Uh now I have gotta be more vocal um as a leader instead of uh leading as an example. Um, we had great leaders like Damon Clark, Andre Anthony, Austin Deklas, Ed Ingram. So I'm I'm learning I learned from those guys
1: in the past two years. The bowl game that you had, that performance, you've got to be feeling pretty confident about your future and getting ready for this 2022 season and and kind of hoping it pays off and, you know, helps you out. Your draft stock and doing all those things, you become one of the better pass rushers in the SEC. What did you do to kind of elevate your game to that level, and do you feel even more confident after the bowl game performance from yourself? You
2: know, because Andre Carter, because Gerald Chapman coming in, fine-tuning our our, our pass rush, introducing more drills, different drills, uh, really putting emphasis on on the details. I believe really, uh, you know, enhanced not just my game, but everybody on the D-line. You know, Neil Farrell had an amazing season, uh, Glenn Logan, and uh, uh, just stuff like that, fine-tuning, fine-tuning just the details. And, you know, uh, going into this next season, I just want to solidify myself as one of the best defensive players, in the SEC or even in college football. Uh that's really my goal.